Welcome to LAPUX Lessons. This podcast is a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the online professional development space. Here at LAPU, our award-winning team strives to create world-class online learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us on our journey to innovate in the online classroom and show the world what learning feels like. This is George Hanshaw, Director of E-Learning Operations here with the fantastic tech heads. And we're talking today on a topic that is near and dear to, I think, everybody. We practice a human-centered design for all of our courses. And to get that human-centered design, we need to use technology. So is there a balance between that or is technology just a part of human-centered design? I want to get some thoughts from the experts. Mike, I want to throw it to you. What are, what are your ideas and thoughts? Yeah, I mean, balance is a good word because technology is moving at an incredible pace. And especially in the ed tech world, um, you're seeing new tools and, and options and capabilities being released on a, it seems like daily basis. It's probably more like yearly basis. But there's content that's constantly being created and tools to issue that content. And I think that one of the the most important things in the the process of evaluating technology for learning is does the tool meet the goal or the need and is it usable by your end user? Because if you're thinking about human-centered design, your mindset should be focused on not just your like of the tool or your capability of using the tool, but your user's capabilities of using the tool. And at, at LAPU, we're student-centered in everything that we do in student focus. We make sure that our students have the capacity to use the tools that it meets the vision, doesn't create more complicated steps, it's sustainable. You know, there's a lot of things you have to think about and a lot of different users you have to think about. And, you know, we've seen tools come and go knowing that the tool can support the needs of the learner is a is a critical component for that human-centered design that the tools because they're nifty or neat or or do fancy you know flashy things doesn't necessarily make for a good learning experience and so uh, as we look at our tools and consider them that's one of the things we consider and evaluate you know yes it's flashy yes it creates this really nifty presentation but does it meet needs of the learner so so would you say that uh, the first step for looking for a tool would be to define the needs of the learner, the student? Absolutely. Because if you start adding all these bells and whistles to your course, you could actually make it more complicated for your student to complete the course or to complete the requirements of the course because the tools become a stumbling block or a hurdle they have to cross to, um, to succeed in the classroom. Awesome. So I, I have to ask everybody here then if you have a, have a story of any type. So have you seen an instance of when somebody wanted to implement the, the shiny new tool, but it didn't fit? So putting the proverbial square peg in the round hole and, and what, what did it look like? Did anybody ever see anything like that? I've definitely seen that a few times. Uh, I've done quite a few tool evaluations that went nowhere because ultimately in the end, it just didn't fit into our model of how we wanted to do learning at LAPU. So it's good to get out there and see what's available and really make sure that the tools do fit. And you can't know that unless you experiment and try and and evaluate. So I think that's important that you get out there and, and find those tools because 
you might find something that really enhances your learning experience as well. So it really just depends on 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 what you're doing and your strategy. Oh, and it's, and it's all about that human-centered strategy, putting the, the person at the center as opposed to the tool. I, I love that because there's so many times it's so easy to chase that shiny new object. It's really easy to do that. So keeping being very purposeful on why we're using it is, is kind of incredible. Um, I'm going to, Rasha, may I pick on you a little bit? Sure. You came up with a couple of ideas. Well, you come up with a lot of fantastic ideas. A couple of them specifically look at or drive a more human-centered or connection within the online classroom. Yeah, because we are in online learning, so increasing the communication between a professor and student is something important to make our student feel more supported. So with technology, we didn't use anything that we don't have or we didn't buy any fancy or expensive stuff. So we used what we have. It's about the design. And always when you want to create something you know, new, you have to think about the complexity. So you don't want to make the features that you're adding, you know, like, need to be learned you know it's like it's it's not they have to learn the technology the technology should help them so the simplicity of the uh, execution of the idea should be really simple it should be you know like it doesn't need that much of training or or additional learning so you can use what you have from tools what i'm trying to say you know like you don't have to have the most expensive tools even with simple free tools, you can create something great. It's about the idea and how you're going to use it and how you're going to implement it and the integration with other parts of your system. And I'm glad you didn't use the word intuitive because we use, when I worked um, in industry, we used to laugh at that, that word because whenever something got rolled out, they'd say, oh, it's intuitive. And yeah. that always meant that it was going to be really hard. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Simple is always better. Yeah, simple is always better. <laughs> that is a great point. When it's simple, we as people, when the students at the center, it doesn't create any friction with their ability to use it, and it just becomes seamless. Simplicity increases usability. You know, the more complex solution you have, the less people are going to use, and, you know, it will be waste of the time and, you know, like resources of the university. Because yeah, that's a great point, because when things are very complex and there's pressure applied, they break. When things are simple and pressure is applied, they thrive. Yeah, I always think about simple is like you did more of the work. You know, if you deliver something complex, you're making people do the work. So the more simple right. you come up with a solution, this means that there will more work behind the scene. And that's what we try to do always in the scene. We don't like do the work for the students, you know, so they can enjoy the final product. Enjoy, that's that's the key right there. Because if they're enjoying it, they're engaging, they're using, and it's not not that grind. They're finding meaning from it. So, Grace, what, what have you seen in terms of using technology and human-centered design? How does that How does that flow? How do we create that balance that Mike was talking about? I think it definitely, like you were saying, it engages the students and it saves a lot of time. Saving time is definitely, it saves money. <laughs> so it all kind of links together. 
And that at the end motivates the students to, you know, be more focused, be more hyper-focused with what they're studying and be able to just maintain their learning. So yeah, I think it's just all hand in hand. Oh yeah, it all comes together. So then it's all about really finding balance. So I'm going to ask a question to everybody in like a speed round, if you will. Has there been that time when you've been able to, to find that balance with uh, human-centered design and using technology to really not just find a balance, but to make that human-centered piece or connection piece better? Or tell of a quick time when you've seen it not work whatsoever. Like I've seen it not work whatsoever. I actually teaching a class. And some of the technology that I use did not work whatsoever because when I embedded it in the classroom, they had security settings in that particular LMS that wouldn't allow the interactive elements to work. So even though it was very cool, it was the coolest thing that you've ever seen, but it didn't work. So it didn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter how cool it was. So that was kind of my experience. So that was kind of my, my blunder story, if you will. And it was fun because I got, there were 25 students in the class and I got 25 emails within about an hour <laughs> telling me it didn't work. <laughs> and then you have to put in that time to, you know, okay, sorry. And then, you know, fix it or explain why it didn't work. So that was mine. So what are your experiences with it when they've gone good or gone bad? So different computers have different formats and different programs. So uh, simply like word document, we had professors upload a Word document, but we have Mac that uses a different program and then it gets all messy, the format shifts. And so I think it's difficult to sort of find the middle ground <laughs> between all these different computers, systems out there. But that's one encounter that I've seen. Well, let me shift that one to Mike. So Mike, I'm gonna ask you a very specific question. So I hope it's okay. Uh, What's been your, yeah, he's ready. He's ready. I'm ready. What's been Go your experience? So some a certain piece of software just went out of date. Was it a year ago when it's finally completely gone, but it's been leaving us for a while. And that was one thing that did not work well with Mac. And that is the infamous flash. Yes. Thankfully we didn't have a whole lot we adopted because we knew the limitations and the capabilities, but there was a lot of learning technology solutions that people created with Flash that I know failed completely. And they, you know, Adobe gave several years for people to update and shift that content. But, but yeah, so we had a few, we had a few things I think we had to find, you know, remove and find solutions for. But overall, because we had that human centered design, we understood what did and didn't work on the whole scope of you know, you have machines and mobile and all those things. We tried to avoid using the, that as much as possible. That was kind of a strategy of ours is to make sure what we use is HTML5. Because, you know, Flash has complications beyond just uh, device-based. I mean, there are issues with accessibility with, and that's another huge, that's a whole nother topic we could converse about, but accessibility, and I think we're, we're planning a conversation around that, but accessibility in Flash was not a, a conversation um you know and and that that has to be considered as well because your users may have disabilities and it that may distract from their learning uh, their ability to learn so um, yeah flash didn't impact us hugely thankfully because we had that human-centered 
you know, design approach, we came at it from another angle uh, to do it. But I've seen even things uh, like, you know, setting up tools in the in the classroom, like courseware. Uh, that's one where courseware became a huge challenge for us because uh, if the professor didn't do their job, students didn't get their grades and their scores on time to know how they were doing within the the separate course within the course. Uh, it makes a great easy thing for the professor because you can just link in all the activities and everything's like, hey, we got we got everything on this other site. They did all the work for me. But for the student, it doesn't always translate back to the, the LMS to see in totality how how they're um, how they're doing. And and so sometimes courseware, we've had issues where courseware became a, a problem. And where it may not have been a problem for the students in some cases, it became a problem for our team. We're we're a small team, you know, the the five of us manage all of the courses that that we put out term from term. And a lot of times that courseware doesn't replicate well. And you have to have a ton of manual processes on the back end to connecting that to our different course sections. And uh, it just it can be a it can be a, a complication from the 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 the, um, the administrators and you know how we serve that up in multiple ways and then that becomes a complication for the student because if they're not connected to their classroom then they they're not able to complete their coursework that also becomes an issue so you know sometimes all these nifty you know make it easy for the professor tools or um, you know have everything all together in one pre-designed course actually introduces complications that prevent students from learning. So there's a lot to consider when you're when you're looking at uh, technology and, and how it's implemented in a human design. Got to make it yeah. so there's as frictionless as possible for the for the student in the center. Yeah, that was a great point. Ryan Arasha, you want to share an experience? Oh, I think that a great experience would have to be how our courses looked a few years ago before our LMS had a theme that was more mobile friendly, where you were zooming in and out of every web page on your mobile device because we were focused on the desktop. Our design of our courses was desktop centric. And as mobile has become more prevalent, we've, as an institution, started adopting the uh, the mobile center design, which has really helped cover the basis of no matter what device you're on, you can do your learning. But that's not how it was a few years ago. It was not a great experience <laughs> for our students and our faculty. It was like, if you're on a desktop, it was fine. But if you were out traveling, good luck. You know, it, it, was, it was just a rough experience. So yeah, now it's super smooth the way where you were able to create it with the theme. It's, I actually prefer the mobile version myself. It's kind of crazy, but I do. Rasha, would you like to share something? You know, I was thinking it's not only the tools, sometimes the way we, we use the tools, you know, like we used in the past to do a lot of upload to PDF and Word document. Now we are linking and that will reduce the time for any updates and, you know, like having we, we do run, uh, you know, we do have a lot of students, a lot of courses. So, you know, instead of updating every single instant in, in all classes, now you can, because you're linking, you do one update and this will reflect in every single class. So it's also our use of technology, you know, like it's and how we use it also help us, you know, like improve. 
Amazing. So quick speed round question to, to end us up. I think I've heard the answer thread through everybody's response, but I'm going to try it anyway, because what is that one piece of advice you would give to somebody starting in the ed tech field in 20 seconds or less? How would you change their life to make them amazing? Grace, you got it. Just try to explore different tools and see, maybe ask how different people around you are using the tools. Just like Rachel was saying, we had one system, but save time by changing to simply embedding the links. So ask people around you and explore. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Human-centered approach to learning. Try it. Rasha, go for it. I'll say expensive tools, not always the solution for all your problems. It's, you know, like the scenario that you, how you're going to use it. So even with low budget, you can still do a lot of great stuff. Oh, fantastic. Ryan, what do you have for us? Just because you adopted a tool that may have been the right solution five years ago, three years ago, it doesn't mean it's the right solution for today. So I think evaluating what you've adopted, what you're using today is important to make sure that it still applies to today and to the future. Something might be okay now, but it might not be okay in a year. So I think it's that constant evaluation of where you're at and making sure that everything still works. Oh, man, three great responses so far. So Mike, finish us up. Try things out. Pilot them, get test cases, you know, use them on a small scale before you implement them large scale. Make sure that it works for your users. Even set up trials with users because that user testing can give you that insight into what works and what doesn't. And it can really communicate a lot about what you can adopt or what you should do away with and not even consider. So because how your user and watch your users test it, you know, set up visual, like even timelines where you're sitting with the users as they're using the content, let them experience it and then find out why it works for them and why it doesn't. Um, a lot of companies will give you smaller, uh, less expensive pieces of their product to do testing with on a smaller scale. So use that to your advantage as you look at tools and consider tools to implement tools because um, you can save yourself a lot of time and a lot of money. Uh, especially if it's not a good experience for your users. This has been some great advice from everybody to really remember to put the student, the person, the human in the center of everything we do and don't match the person to the technology. Know what that person needs and then find the technology that fits their need. So that's kind of insightful stuff y'all gave to everyone. So thank you everyone for joining us for the conversation. Thank you to the amazing tech head team here at LAPU for always being amazing. And this is what learning feels like. Thank you for listening to this episode of LAPUX Lessons. We hope you had fun learning something new today. If you did, please take a few seconds to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Come connect with us on social media so we can get to know you better. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that our awesome team has created. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. Or you can subscribe to this podcast where we will announce and feature new courses as they become available. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, this is what learning feels like.